Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. <clears throat> Last week, um, if you uh, were here, you remember that um, we did a bit of an end of the year ritual. How many were here last week? Yeah. And for those who weren't, um, I invited people to uh, reflect uh, in a more Buddhist framework uh, what the Buddha talked of as uh, weakening unwholesome states and strengthening wholesome states uh, as really uh, what the um, definition of wise effort is. And at the end of the year, uh, I asked people to reflect on what unwholesome states or habits that uh, you want to weaken or not feed as the teachings are uh, put it in the Pali Canon and what wholesome states you want to strengthen or feed um, rather than a black and white, oh, I'll let go of this and never get caught again or now it's just clear sailing, now I know what I want to create and I'm resolving to do that. More of a, a realistic um, clarifying of the direction you want to go in terms of these unwholesome and wholesome uh, elements. And as I said, in case you were here and you're wondering, um, uh, I did take all of the the half of the unwholesome states that people were weakening uh, back home. And uh, Jane and I did our own writing and had a very... Um, lovely fire on a good air day uh, on a little log. Uh, um, and um, we've burned all of those. And hopefully uh, you've stayed connected in your mind with what your intention has been. And uh, I'm carrying my positive intention in my wallet and uh, really encourage you to stay connected with uh, with yours because the more you have it in your consciousness, the more um, life seems to support you in that. And tonight I wanted to talk about how important it is to hold a positive vision of possibilities, as I often talk about it, knowing you're facing in the right direction and holding a positive vision both personally and for our culture, for our world. And as I had people reflect on how your own practice, your own development of all the beautiful qualities inside of you is really a contribution to the greater good to the world. <clears throat> and the importance of seeing possibility, even when uh, there might be some skepticism, uh, if change is really possible, both within ourselves or in the uh, the larger world, um, I want to talk a little bit about this possibility that change is possible. And the more we realize that that's what practice is about, uh, the more we can be inspired by that possibility. There's a, a line I, I love, I think it was um, Oliver Wendell Holmes who said, uh, if you think something is impossible, you'll make it impossible. Um, and that's how it works. The, the, the mind will create any reality. And if you think something is possible, um, that's how you start bringing it about. 
That's what intention is all about. Intention, which is one of the links in the Eightfold Path, the, the second link, that having an intention, having a vision, uh, is really what keeps us moving in the right direction. I'll say a little bit more about intention later on, but I wanted to share with you a couple of stories that particularly came um, came to me this uh, this week. Uh, one, I was uh, about this possibility of change. I was speaking with a friend um, who lives in uh, Germany, uh, a very sincere practitioner, and um, she was sharing about her um, her partner's um, son, who she, they don't live together, they see each other from time to time, but she's known both uh, uh, this man and, uh, and his son for uh, a, num- a number of years. And uh, a few years ago, the son, was, who was 13 at the time, as I recall, was going through really hard time as often can happen to a 13-year-old. Remember back when you were 13? <clears throat> or 14 or 15, somewhere in there. It was generally not smooth sailing in those years. Anyway, um, he was very angry, uh, very negative, very confused, and um, not doing well at all in school, and just um, difficult to be around. And it got so bad that he was actually um, thrown out of the school that he was going to, his private school. And uh, he ended up going to this public school, and in Germany they have uh, different levels of, of school, and he went to as she described it, the the lowest level of school. It's interesting how they, I guess it's, it's clear what track a school is on. And he was in this, this not very well-respected uh, level of school, but there was a teacher there, one teacher who really believed in him. You're so fortunate when you get a teacher or someone who believes in you. You probably can remember back in your life if you were fortunate enough to have some really good, inspiring teacher, how they're they're there inside of you and they can show you not only the way, but show you about yourself in a way that um, uh, you might not otherwise discover. Anyway, this teacher somehow took him under his wing and really believed in him. And over the course of the next few years, there was this transformation. And she was sharing uh, just this week when we spoke how this is a different kid. He's now, he's going to be 17 soon. And he spent time with her and her family. And he was just engaged and pleasant and fun to be around. And he kept on thanking everybody. And he kept on telling my friend how much he loves her and how grateful he is for her. She said, I couldn't have imagined this coming out of this boy a few years ago. Isn't that amazing that transformation can happen? I wanted to share with you another another anecdote that uh, has been very meaningful for me. I can find it. 
This is in the spirit of not giving up on people. We'll talk about ourselves in a, in a little while, but particularly not giving up no matter what kind of ideas or assumptions you have about someone that there is... When we take refuge in the Buddha, you know, at the end of the, uh, the sitting, we do that chanting, you know, uh, Buddhang Saranangachami. I take refuge in the Buddha. I take refuge in that place inside that is pure, that is good, that is the, the seed of enlightenment that more and more I'm committed to cultivating and awakening. And as it's said in the teachings, we all have that. We've all come into this world that way. I'll share with you a picture I've shared a number of times before. This is uh, Chloe Thomas born eight weeks premature from Melbourne, Australia. She hadn't quite uh, reached nine months conception. Just to remind you who you really are. This is who you are. And when we take refuge in the Buddha, we take refuge in that place inside that wants to not only be happy, but express our goodness and our caring. But we can get lost and confused. And sometimes it can take some, um, some detours and, uh, to discovering our true nature. But if we don't give up on people, there's that possibility that they can remember who they are as well. And I wanted to share with you a story. It's, it's been a while since I shared it, uh, but it just was, has been coming up um, about uh, this fellow, Sean Kyler. His valedictorian speech from Hudson Link for Higher Education. And uh, Hudson Link and Mercy College are this... Um, college for people who are in prison, who are inmates in prison. And this is Sean's story. This was his valedictorian speech, graduating Hudson Link College. And he shares a little bit about where he came from and see what he's turned into. He says in his speech, We come here to celebrate achievement over failure, perseverance over hesitancy, better tomorrows over the worst of our yesterdays. We're no longer the people we were when we first took our step on this academic journey. We do not perceive or experience the world in the same manner we once did. Our cognitive ability, as well as our behavior, has undergone a change, a transformation. This transformation, not so much a metamorphosis into someone new, but actually a reconnection to our authentic self. That person we were before our response to life situations detoured us from the socially acceptable path to success. And he talks about how he always loved school, but was shy about succeeding in it because of peer pressure. And in his adolescence, he'd get good grades, but hide them from his friends. And he lied to them and saying, oh, he just got lucky. So they'd continue to accept him. And then he continues, at some point, my faulty thinking turned into my reality. And my academic pursuit was left on the side of the road. With my new reality, the acceptance of my friends became the most important thing to me. I was blinded by the desire to be accepted. 
as so many of us are. And I ultimately became a follower. I had to live with shame for 21 years until life presented me with an opportunity to mend my mother's broken heart and a chance to rectify my misplaced values and misplaced loyalty and my faulty thinking, this college gave me a chance to ask for mercy. And then he talks about how one professor, like my friend's uh, uh, young, uh, young friend, one professor asked him, how do you plan to touch the world? And my answer is clear now by using this experience to help as many people as I can to taste education's sweet elixir. He says one teacher told him that any great change must expect opposition because it shakes the foundation of privilege. And he says he thanked another teacher whose solid toughness provided the discipline he needed not to fall short. And then he continues, I fully accept the philosophy that in order to change a person's behavior, you must first change the way that person thinks. And then he says to his fellow graduates, today signifies the beginning of our duty to use this education to better not only ourselves, but humanity. Our communities need us to help save our younger generation. It is obligatory that we respond. We must never forget that our supporters have extended charity to us, and so it is incumbent upon us to extend even more charity to others. We can no longer sit idly by. We are now beacons of light that must steer those lost in the dark to the shores of positivity of education. We are now reconnected to our authentic self. It is time to let that person shine, to let that person reach for the stars and touch the world. And then he finishes his valedictorian speech uh, by quoting uh, the teaching that became his beacon anyway uh, by Mother Teresa. And he paraphrased it in his own words. <clears throat> he said to everyone, people are often unreasonable. <clears throat> and you might think of this for yourself. People are often unreasonable, illogical, and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you're kind, people may accuse you of selfish ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you're successful, you'll win some false friends and some true enemies. Succeed anyway. If you're honest and frank, people may cheat you. But be honest anyway. When you spend years, what you spend years building, someone could destroy overnight. But we have to build anyway. The good you do today People will often forget tomorrow. We're going to do good anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, some may be jealous. We're going to be happy anyway. If you give the world the best you have, it might never be enough. But we're going to give the best we can anyway. Because you see in the final analysis... It's between you and yourself or your God. It was never between you and them anyway. So there's Sean Kyler. And by the way, if you, um, uh, if you look him up, you can see him give that uh, speech uh, on YouTube. It's really, he does a lot better job than, than uh, I can give him justice. Um, But it's really important to see that we can help bring that out of others. Just by what we look for, as 
Many of you heard me have heard me say many times that uh, a, a powerful practice is keep looking for the good. Doesn't mean you'll always find it, as uh, the the Sufi saying goes: "Trust in Allah and tie your camel to the post." Yeah. Can't be so naive, but to start with the benefit of the doubt and the more you can see the good in others around you, the more you help bring it out. Sometimes, often, this means getting over our own conditioning, our own prejudices, our own blindness, whether it's racism or uh, conditioning around gender or sexual orientation or tribe othering. And it's a, it's a human phenomenon that we feel more connected and close and safe with those who are in our tribe, whatever, however you define that, and less so around others. But these days, it's more important than ever to see that conditioning for what it is and to keep looking and seeing whatever somebody's Upbringing, habits, confusions, there's someone in there waiting to be awakened, whether it's Sean Kyler or a young man that I mentioned before, or people in our life, uh, to not give up on them. And the same way, to not give up on ourselves. Sometimes it's a bit easier to see the good in others and uh, maybe a little bit more challenging to see our own Buddha nature, to see our own goodness and divinity and beauty inside. And that, just like in overcoming the conditioning that we might have towards someone else, it means that we're overcoming our own conditioning, not getting caught in it, not getting blinded by our assumptions. Mm. This is why the word practice is so important in doing this meditation stuff. We're practicing seeing things in a new way and practicing seeing ourselves in a new way. That's why... Last week, when I did that weakening of the unwholesome and strengthening of the wholesome, um, as I mentioned, this takes patience. This takes, again and again, continual compassion and kindness for the habits that have been developed. And as long as we're facing in that direction then we're going to keep on seeing the ways that we get caught and get lost. If we have the courage to take an honest look, then one price that comes from that is you see more and more the ways that you get confused and lost. And so this is where it's so important to have this positive vision to get clear on what we want to cultivate and bring out in ourselves, even when we see again and again, I I got lost. Because every time you see it, if you see it with judgment, if you see it with um, resignation, if you see it with a sense of of um, who am I kidding? Can I really ever change? 
if you see it with any kind of a negative spin, then all you're doing is reinforcing those habits. Because seeing it with a contracted mind deepens the neural pathways and the belief that says, yep, that's who I am. Who was I kidding? And every time you see it with the compassion of Kuan Yin or Mother Mary or whatever, or the Dalai Lama or whatever figure or whatever teacher believes in you or has believed in you, every time you see it in that way, you're deconditioning those old habits. You're awakening to the confusion, as that line I love from Pema Chodron that I often share. And she says, take delight in the awareness that sees the confusion. Take delight that you're actually seeing it. Because if you don't see it, you're doomed to just keep on repeating it. But if you, and if you see it and feel humiliated by it, then you're just deepening that belief, oh, that's who I am. But if you see it and remember, I'm going in this direction, then every time you see it, you are weakening its power over you. That's why it's so important to have an inspiring vision of where you're headed. I share this teaching from Ramdas that I that I love. As you further purify yourself, your impurities will seem grosser and larger. Understand that it's not that you're getting more caught in the illusion, it's just that you're seeing it more clearly. The lions guarding the gates get fiercer as you go towards each inner temple, but of course the light gets brighter too. So, sure, you're going to see it. That's what waking up is about, that you see all of those places that we usually numb ourselves from confronting, and we're waking up more and more to the truth. Looking within and seeing this Buddha right inside and having the intention to keep on awakening her or him facing in the right direction. And intention, as I said, is the key to this whole process in the in the Awakening Joy Course. There's 10 steps, and it all starts with the first one, the intention for awakening and for well-being. And that's what the Buddha said. Everything starts with intention. And so having a vision of what we want to create is the guiding principle for our life. In, uh, in the teachings, there's this, this teaching of clear comprehension of purpose. What we want to create in our life, what really inspires us in our unfolding. And the clearer that can give us a context for our life unfolding, the more we are um, aligned in the right direction. Now, intention is a kind of interesting thing because we can have lots of different intentions. We can have mixed intentions. We can seem like we're coming from a good place. Oh, I really am practicing generosity, but we hope that someone will see how generous we are. Or, I really am practicing loving as best I can, and I hope it comes back to me. 
and I hope they do what I'd like. We really can practice or have the intention to practice um, compassion. And yet there's a part of us that's not compassionate with ourselves that we see. So intention, there's often mixed intentions along the way. And we see sometimes we're not 100% as pure as we would like to be. And then you see that and it's easy to get into, oh, I really am a phony after all. Uh, Don't get caught up by your less than noble intentions. You're human. Until you're fully enlightened, there's going to be some places in you that are uh, more ego-driven, ego-bound. That's okay. You just keep on mm, focusing on that pure place that the positive intentions are coming from and don't worry about the other stuff. That'll take care of itself. Don't dwell on the, the less than holy place within you. Not to hide from it, but not to think, oh, that's who I really am. Because it's not. It's just who you are when you get confused. And so having a positive vision for yourself, knowing that you're going in that direction, and then having a positive vision for the possibility of our world. And uh, this sometimes takes some creative imagination. But sometimes not. Sometimes we can start seeing different possibilities. Sometimes we can see mm, the direction of consciousness happening even in a cultural way. I was looking at pictures of... uh, of the um, diversity of this new Congress that was just sworn in today with so many women, so many people of color, so many new ideas and, and fresh inspiration really is uplifting. You feel that? Really is uplifting. There's possibility the more we have an inclusive culture. And this is only going in one direction. Um, And the forces of confusion might resist, but our culture is one of bringing more and more people to the table and hearing more and more voices and having more and more courage to envision greater possibilities. And I think what we're called on here, particularly when it comes to a positive vision that besides demanding courage of us and determination, what in the in the teachings is called aditana resolve and fierce compassion that um, we're called on to lead with love. We're called on to lead with kindness and caring, even in the face of of other forces. Mm. And to call it and say it like it is. I I don't know uh, if you saw, uh, but I was very inspired by uh, this 
Swedish girl, 15-year-old Greta Thunberg. How many people have seen her? She gave a speech at the recent climate change conference. I highly recommend. It's a three-minute speech, uh, or at least that's it's actually an 11-minute speech, but it was cut down to three minutes on YouTube, where she um, she was a a, a, um, a girl who was so upset about climate change when she first heard about it that she um, she went into a deep depression and she stopped eating and she stopped speaking uh, and she was diagnosed with what's called uh, selective mutism um, where she would only speak when she had something to say and she uh, she went into a major depression for uh, from from the time she was eleven for some time, and somehow came out of it and has been um, a very fierce speaker of the truth. Uh, and in the last year, she wanted her um, classmates to go on a, um, a strike against. Um, a school strike uh, for um, climate change. And she got inspired by the Parkland students and some of the other uh, students here in the U.S. who um, uh, who took very strong stands and went on school strikes after the uh, some of the gun violence. But none of her classmates wanted to do it. Uh, and I saw a little excerpt with Amy Goodman on... Uh, and democracy now, and Amy uh, Goodman said, but I thought that Sweden is one of the most green countries in the world. And she said, well, yeah, you would think so, except we're green just in our country, but we export a lot of pollution, and we're at the top 10 polluters as far as exporting our pollution. And I want us to start telling the truth. And so even though her classmates didn't go along with the strike, she went on strike and sat in front of the Swedish parliament for three weeks. And little by little, she got more and more mm, notoriety or fame, and uh, her strike went viral and caught on, and she became this spokesperson and celebrity and was asked to speak at the um, recent Polish uh, climate summit talks. And she, I really recommend that you check her out, Thunberg, T-H-U-N-B-E-R-G, Greta Thunberg. And she, she really just spoke to all of these major players and say, you say that you care, but I don't see it. Nobody is saying the truth. People aren't saying what's really going on. We're afraid to say what's so. And I want us to start waking up and saying what's so. It was so inspiring. And that, I think, is what's going to be called on all of us to say what's so with love, with commitment, with caring, and with a positive vision of possibility. Because if we just come from anger or fear or despair, just like feeding the unwholesome habits within, we feed those unwholesome tendencies without. And so we want to come from the most wholesome, caring, loving space as possible as we hold that vision and see our own practice in light of a bigger picture. So I'll just uh, close with a passage that I love and then we can share this together. Uh, and explore it together. This is called um, 
This is from the Scottish Himalayan Expedition by W.H. Murray. He says, Until one is committed, there's hesitancy, the chance to draw back, always ineffectiveness, concerning all acts of initiative and creation, there's one elementary truth, the ignorance of which kills countless ideas and splendid plans. And that is that the moment one definitely commits oneself, then providence moves too. All sorts of things occur to help one that would never otherwise have occurred. A whole stream of events issues from the decision, raising in one's favor all manner of unforeseen incidents and meetings and material assistance which no person could have dreamt would have come their way. I've learned a deep respect for one of Goethe's couplets, whatever you can do or dream you can, begin it. Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. So I... Uh, just ask before we open it up to conversation to just go inside and to have whatever positive vision there is for yourself in this coming year. No matter what the mind might say, oh, come on, don't believe it. Get in touch with that positive vision of what you want to, what you intend to develop this year. Just know you're facing in that direction. This is kind of following up on last week's exercise. Now take a breath. And I'd like you to conjure up your most positive vision for our country and our world. A vision that inspires you. a vision that would move you to want to contribute your own practice towards that end. What the mind can conceive and believe, it can achieve. Besides conceiving it, if you can, get in touch with the moment of believing that it's possible. Imagine. So, the uh, battery is there. Oh, good. Maybe the other way around. 
Okay. That's good enough. Oh, no. Hmm. It's not on? Is it on? No, it's still not a. It's the batteries. Batteries dead. Anyone? Give me another battery. No. No good batteries. Well, that's bed. That's dead too. Yep. Hmm. Okay. One more. <laughs> Time for new batteries. Uh, <laughs> well, why don't we... Uh, what's that? No. Here, you know what we can do? Let's see. We'll use this and um, maybe that. Oh, maybe it's over. Maybe it's over here. Uh, no, 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 no. Well, how about if we just, uh, you can uh, talk out loud and I'll just um, repeat it for the, for the recording. So, anyone have any comments, any Questions? Hunger for a community of support. Got one? Yeah. Oh, great. So, a hunger for a community of support particularly around climate change and what what could be done. Yeah. Well, uh, I agree. We're not going to do this uh, by ourselves. And actually, one of the... So one of the things that I've, I've been very inspired by is uh, this uh, Green New Deal that, um, that seems to be afoot. And, um, and also... Uh, with something called the uh, Extinction Rebellion. Have you been uh, aware of that? How many people are familiar with the Extinction Rebellion? Hey, well, uh, this is something that happened. <laughs> Since the... There's a movement that uh, started in, in London um, the end of October, beginning of November, uh, that there were some civil disobedience. It's been spreading countries and the world 
where the demand is like Greta Thunberg saying, we have to start telling the truth. And there's groups that are, that are forming, um, that are getting together and, and working in that way. That's one thing that I, I've been checking out. And, uh, Nisra, who's a very inspiring her own experience in, in this and about the Extinction Rebellion. Um, it's really important that we find um, people to, to work with and, uh, and connect with so we don't feel so alone. I think that's going to be the key. Um, so other than that, I can just say that's the thing that I've been thinking about lately. Anything else around practice, around this topic? Yeah. Just for people uh, listening in, she said that uh, she... It's so fulfilling. Yeah, she and uh, Wendy was talking about swing left and about how she got involved in, uh, in, uh, in 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 flipping a number of seats and how invigorating it was. Yeah, it's amazing. Hmm? Anything else before we go? Yeah, one last yes.
Yeah. Okay. So he says, uh, "How do you how do you turn off the cynic?" And he he gave the example of uh, oh, wanting to be a pitcher for the Oakland Athletics, and he's uh, he's forty years old and never pitched before. Um, but then being a bit more uh, realistic about the beliefs that being held inside uh, that are just about old patterns. And I think it's important to make the distinction between the two uh, because um, you have to see what is possible and uh, becoming a pitcher for the athletics is probably not going to happen in this lifetime. Okay, So there's got to be some realist realism in there. But just like she was saying, oh, I could imagine it. What you can conceive and believe, you can achieve. So first to even conceive and then say, I'm going for it. This is wise intention where there's an aliveness that commits to it. And when you do that, all of those old stories and patterns and self-sabotaging thoughts are going to be that much more prominent because they're, they've been practiced for a while. That's part of the deal. But to see they're just beliefs. They're just thoughts that my mind has practiced believing. And that's where this whole path takes practice Every time you see it, and you see it with compassion, and realize, oh, this is just the mind creating something. And not only see it conceptually, but feel it in your body, because your body can believe it too. And so that when, once you have a belief in another possibility, then it's more of an embodied thing, not just an idea. Like when she was just saying a moment ago, she actually felt it. Oh my goodness. It wasn't just this idea. She felt it. If you can feel it and imagine it, it's going to be a practice of continually nurturing that vision. And every time you see you've gotten caught, ah, I see it. Oh, there's my mind just believing. And that's where it takes patience, persistence, positive attitude, support, and realize this is going to take some time. But what's the alternative? Practicing more greed, hatred, and delusion? And more self-sabotage and, 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 and self, self, uh, self-defeat? That's why it's so important to have that vision and keep taking the next step in the right direction. And uh, you're looking at somebody who 40 years ago the thought of actually liking myself was, you know, not in this lifetime. You know, yeah, they talk about twenty lifetimes from now or hundred. Maybe, maybe then, it's possible. And not only that, but you see the whole process as not just something you do for yourself, but the more you learn it, the more you can be there for others and let them know it's possible. It takes a lot of good support along the way, but it's possible. Okay, so let's uh, close. Moment of loving kindness. Uh, first, may Rachel Penn's cancer treatment be successful. May she be peaceful and free of fear. May Joyce Radke be healthy and free from suffering. May her new cancer treatment be successful. Please offer compassion and healing thoughts for a Sangha member suffering from reoccurring cancer and pain. Hold on to whatever positive vision for yourself and for the world. Keep nurturing it. May I see clearly and share my love well. And may our coming here together be of benefit to all beings everywhere. May all be free of pain, confusion, 
suffering and no highest happiness. Thank you very much. Have a great week. See you in a couple of weeks. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.